0: Well, good morning. You excited to be here this morning? You gotta make a little bit of noise. Come on, just a little bit of noise. Good to see. You. It's Christmas, right? We got it. everybody gets excited about Christmas and uh, gifts and spending time with family and good cooked food. Man, it's so good to see you guys. We wanna welcome everybody at Grayson. We love you. Come on, can we get up for our Grayson campus? We love you guys. Man, super excited what God is doing through Pastor Aaron there in Carter County, in that region, and also want to welcome everybody watching online. We know that in this time of COVID and all over the place and things that are happening, that, you know, majority of people are online, and that's okay. We want to minister to you in any way possible that we can. I'm really excited about this new series called God with us. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalms 23 and just hang out right there at Psalms 23, because I have a few things that I, I want to share I want to bring to your attention that I were really excited about one the Christmas season is here and because the Christmas season is here We get to be a blessing to our community and to our region to our state and to our world And so if you're visiting with us or new with us, let me just kind of tell you what we do every year Every year we do what's called a year-end offering and we get together and we pray How does God want to use this to bless people around us? And uh, in different ways and different strategies, we launched campus. We launched a campus because of that. We actually we built a facility based on that as well. So it's been amazing to see the ministries and the lives change and the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who've come to faith in Christ. And this year, we're really excited that we get to be a blessing and fill a void in people's, oh, not so much in people's lives, but in organizational lives that minister to people. There's a lot of organizations in our community that because of COVID got hit real hard. In fact, most nonprofit organizations across the world, across the United States got hit really, really hard through the COVID season. And most of them, obviously, are just barely all sometimes just making it. They depend on love offerings and donations to go, and as a, as, a, as a church that's a leader in this community, we wanna lead with generosity, and so there are tons of organizations in Carter County, and Round County, and abroad, that we want to, to help this Christmas season, and so what we're gonna do is take our year-end offering, and we're gonna dis- disperse it, and really help these organizations meet their goal for the year, and, and minister to our communities. We also have local missionaries, they don't even know this yet. They may be watching or listening. They may not know who they are. We have some local missionaries that we wanna partner up and we want to bless them as well. And just like they so depend on support from organizations, they've been hit hard as well, but there's 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 one. And if you're listen real quick, if you want to know those organizations, we have a list of those. They're in our lobby at the at the Gracing Campus, they're at the lobby here. So maybe there's an organization on that really means something to you as well that that really uh strikes a chord in your heart. And I just want you to know that's an organization we're gonna partner up with. And so what we're gonna do next week as we come in on December thirteenth, that's just how we always do the, the time of the year. We're gonna take up a year in offering, and if you're here visiting with us, we'd love for you to be part of it. Here's what we've asked everyone to do every time, and you can ask anybody here. We're getting turned 13 years old in January, as we're we're a teenager now, right? We're getting ready to turn 13 years old in January and every single year. If you've been here from day one, and I see several of you in here right now, you were here the very first Sunday we launched the church. In fact, you were here before we launched publicly the church, and you know this to be true. Here's what we've always said for 13 years. You go home and pray, you listen to Jesus, and whatever he tells you to do, that's what you do. That's it. So if you want to partner up with us and be part of that, uh, we want to let you know that it's going to go and support these organizations. You just go home and pray and say, God, how would you have me to benefit, uh, to, to play a role and to, for others to benefit from being generous? And you listen to him. Or whatever he tells you to do, that's what you do. If he tells you not to give, then don't do it. If he tells you to, then you do exactly what he tells you to do. But there's one thing really quick I'm really super excited about and, and, and what we get to partner up. And we know that here in East Kentucky and Southern Ohio and, and uh, this, this part of close to Ashland and Huntington area, there are, there are tons and tons of people who are struggling with medical debt. You know people have medical debt. You also may have medical debt. And you know the weight and the burden that has crushed people because of medical debt. Well, we have found an organization that goes and they reduce medical debt. They help people with their medical debt who can't pay fully for them and they carry that burden in that, in that way. So we started doing some more research into it and studied about it. how can we help people reduce their medical debt or actually pay their medical debt off. And so we reached out to this organization and we say, could you tell us in this region, kind of South Ohio, Eastern Kentucky, all the way to the, all close to the West Virginia borderline, could you tell us in that region how much outstanding medical debt uh, th- there is? And they've come and said, there's $1.5 million in that region, in that area uh, uh, in Kentucky of medical debt that has has an outstanding balance. I said, well, what would it take to pay that off? If you, de- if you dealt with discount papers and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. If you dealt with uh, how people buy notes and sell notes and, and how that works out, and you're, you, if you ever had student loans, they do this all the time. Someone else buys you and your debt, and, they, and all of a sudden they send you a letter and say, Hey, nothing's changed. You send your payment to us. If you bought a car before, you've got a car. They do the same thing. If you have a mortgage, the bank sells your note to somebody else, and you'll get another bank. Now this bank has it, and you'll be the same way. So this organization goes and they buys the debt. And they allow, us to, to, they allow themselves to write the debt off and then to pay for it. So I asked them, how, how much would it cost? And you ready for this? This organization will counsel, cancel $1.5 million in medical debt in Kentucky, in this region, for 1% of the value for $15,000. And I said, sign us up, we're gonna pay it off. Our church is a generous church, and we want to help people and reach people. And so i want to let you know, not only does the offering go in to support the organizations that's here locally, but we as a church are going to pay off $1.5 million worth of medical debt for people in this region. If that don't give you something to shout about, you might need to find another church because, man, that's exciting. That's exciting. So thank you for listening to Jesus and do what he tells you to do, and just want you know that we are gonna continue to be a beacon and a blessing and, and generous to this region because that's what God has called us to do. Can I get an amen? So we're in this new series called God with Us. Really excited, uh, excited about this. It's going to run this Sunday, next Sunday, and then we got a really special Christmas uh, uh, service planned for you and your family. We're going to bring your whole and family into the into the auditorium with the kids ministry. We're we're, we're going to ask to shut the kids ministry down so you can bring your family here. It's, it's kind of going to be short. We got some great things for the kids. They're going to love it. So if if, if you're going to be in person, we'd love for you to pick one of our services. If you're going to watch online, get your family around the TV because I'm saying we're. Really really excited about the Christmas season. Now, God with us. That you think, well, that's good because we all want God to be with us, right? Right, I mean, don't we know that God is with us? But where did that come from? Well, it first originally came from the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, it says that the Lord himself will give you a sign. And you know this around the Christmas time. It says, there will be a virgin who will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Emmanuel, you're to call him Emmanuel. Fast forward hundreds of years. We get to Matthew chapter one or Luke chapter one and two when the birth of Jesus comes. And Matthew 1, says this. It's fulfilling what the prophet Isaiah said. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means this. God with us. The name of Emmanuel means that God is with us that God is with us. And if there's ever time in our life that we need God with us, it was 2020, can I get a witness, right? Come on, we need God with us through the things and the trials and the storms and the, and the things that we went through this year uh, as, as, a, as a world, not just as a, a region or a state or a country, as a world has been affected by this and we're so thankful that God is with us. Now, here's what you'll find out. God is with us in the good times. And God is with us in the bad times. God was with us in 2019 when everything seemed, and I don't know everybody's specifics in their own life, but 2019 seemed to be a pretty good year. And then God is with us in the 2020, which seemed to be a pretty bad year for a lot of people and and the world. God is still with us. Do we have any Gaither fans in the house? Any Gaither fans you know, you're old school if you know what I'm talking about Gaither. some Gaither fans and the Gaither fans. If you're, you're probably under age of 30, you're like who's Bill Gaither, <laughs> Like who are the Gaither family? Like they just think some good old Southern gospel. If you've not listened, I, I know it may. It may surprise you, I don't know why it should surprise you, but I like sometimes there's some good old Southern gospel, some good old gospel singing, choir singing. Come on now, you just go back and love that. I love the good old hymns. I love some of my favorite hymns. Uh, I just love them. And so the of family, they sing some of that, but they sing a song, and you may remember the song, you may have heard the song, but it sings that says, God on the mountains is still God in the what? Valley. The God of the mountain is still the God of the valleys. The God of the good time is still God of the bad time. And if you go through anything in life, you'll know that life is full of mountaintop experiences and life is full of valleys. In fact, I don't know for sure. I haven't done my research on what was the inspiration behind that song, God of the mountain is still God in the valleys. But there is a passage that's found in 1 Kings that kinda goes along with that story and I think this is gonna set us up and to where I wanna share with you where we're heading today. You don't have to turn there but in 1 Kings chapter 20, if you're just taking notes, just write that down so you can go back and read it if you, you wanna dissect the story. It's pretty a fascinating story. The king here of Syria decides to go get all these other nations, probably close to about like 32 other nations to come and overthrow the Israelites. The Israelites are up on the mountains, they're up on the hills, and they're waiting for the the, the king to bring 32 nations against Israel. They're going to attack Israel. Well, as they attacked Israel, God gave them favor and and God destroyed the the Syrians. They they ran away and and they lost the battle. Well, one of the officials came to the king uh, and said, here's why I believe we lost the battle. I don't think we have the right strategy. I don't think we have the right game plan. And here's what he says in verse 23, it's on the screen, but he says this, he says, their God, and he says this a little G God because he doesn't recognize him as the Lord Savior. Talking about Israel, says their God are the gods of the mountains. Their God is the God of the hills. That is why they are too strong for us. But if we can bring them off the hills, I just, right now, I think of Battle of the Five Armies, Lord of the Rings, come on now, anybody? Is it just me? I just said, uh, this is like Battle of the 32 Armies, you know, like it's happening right here. He says, I believe if we'll bring them off of the mountain and into the valley, we can destroy them. That's why they beat us, because their God, little g God, is the God of the mountain, not God of the valley. So the, the Assyrians get back together, the king of Syria, they get all the troops back, they regallied the 100,000 plus go and they lure out the Israelites off the mountaintop. They lure them out in the opening. And the Bible goes on and says in verse 27 that the Israelites look like two small flock of goats compared to the hundreds of thousands or the 100,000 Assyrians that they're about to fight. And the duel takes place right here in the plains, in the valleys. And I want you to hear what God says. I'm so glad that God hears everything. I'm so glad that God knows and what, he, what goes on behind closed doors, what goes on behind private conversations. We think we can hide, you cannot. God is aware of everything. So God heard, because God knows all things, that the official said that their God is only the God of the mountaintops. Their God is not the God of the valley. And I want you to listen to what, what God says in verse 28. 1 Kings 20, 28. This is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans think that the Lord is God of the hills and not God of the valleys, I will deliver the vast army, 100,000 plus, into your hands and they will know that I am not only God of the mountains, but I am, I am God of the valleys. And when I read that, that is, speaks so true to where we are in our world, in our region, in our church, that he is still God of the valleys, the good times and the bad times. And when you think of the valley, there's a few probably passages that come to your mind, and probably the most famous valley, if I could say, passage, would be found in Psalms 23. Now, I would love to preach verse by verse through Psalms 23, I really, it would take probably about seven to eight weeks to do that, and maybe sometimes we will bring that back up and we'll walk through it. But I wanna pick out this one verse and I know you know Psalms 23, you've seen it hanging up on a plaque, you've seen it on a card, you've seen it, you've read it, you know it, you may even memorize it, but as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You've heard this, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, there's so much so good stuff there. He restores my soul, which means my emotion. He leads me into the path of righteous for his name's sake. And then here it is, verse four, probably the most famous valley quoted passage that people talk about, and then there's different valleys we go through, but this one, everyone will go through. And it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, Emmanuel, God with us, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Folks, listen, 2020's been a valley. It's been a valley. No matter how you slice it or dice, it's been a valley. Not just for us, for our entire world, we have been walking through a valley. Probably not a big mountaintop experience. Not that there wasn't good things that happened, not that good things can't come out of what has happened, but most of us, let's just face it, we have been in a valley. And so I'm gonna talk a little bit about valleys this morning, and then give you some hope and some things that I believe that we can do as we're, we think about the valleys that we go through. So if you're ready to get started, everybody say, let's go. That was all introduction. I hope you buckle up, because here we go. Here's what you want to know about valleys. Valleys, if you're taking notes, this is not on, the, not on the screen, but I want you to that valleys are part of life. Did you know that valleys are inedible? Let me, <laughs> flash. you cannot avoid valleys. Valleys are heading your way. You're either coming out of a valley or you are going into a valley. They are inedible in your life. It's not when or or, or if you go through a valley. It's when you go through a valley because every single one of us will go through a valley and this may challenge your theology. This may make you for a moment want to step back and question the goodness of God because God is good. But I'm here to tell you that God has planned for valleys in your life. And usually when valleys come in people's life, they do one or two things. They either run away from God and they blame him or they run to God to get to know him. Every valley, if you're going through a valley of divorce in your life and you're questioning God, why me, why now? It's either you're going to run away from God or you're going to run to God. You've gone through the valley of lost your job and loss of income and you don't know what to do. You're either gonna run away from God or you're gonna to run to God. You're in a valley of a prodigal or a wayward kid that's gone sideways and you're questioning your faith because you raised them to be the way that God wants them to be. And now they're, they've departed from that and it's either gonna cause you to run away from God or it's gonna cause you to run to, to God. You're going to go through a valley and a community. You're going to go through a valley in a church. You're going to go through a valley in the world. And it's going to either make you question or doubt the goodness of God because that's what the devil wants you to do. I'm here to tell you, and it may be hard for you theologically to grasp this, but God has ordained valleys to come in your life. Do you know why Jesus died? Because God allowed it to happen and God planned it before the foundation of the world that there was no remission without the shedding of blood and God designed it, God allowed it to happen for his only son to die. If God did not spare his son from the valley, he will not spare you. So you gotta let that sink in. Valleys are coming your way and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't stay in a bubble the rest of your life. You can't hide from it. Valleys are coming and it is God's will for valleys to come in your life. So knowing that, you either one will be mad at God and question his goodness or you can embrace it and run to him. Valleys are coming. They are inedible in your life. And it should not, and I say that, it should not shock you when they come. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. I don't like that verse. You know some verses I don't like. I don't like that one, but I like what he says next. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Which means if I walk with Jesus, stay close to Jesus, know Jesus, no matter what comes my way, I can overcome it. You can overcome it. So you think of the worst valley you've been in your entire life with Jesus. You will overcome that because Jesus is an overcomer. And even being right in the center of God's will could be a valley waiting for you to go through it. First Peter says this in verse, chapter four, verse 12. He says, dear friends, don't be surprised at fiery trials you're going through. Don't be surprised, it shouldn't shock you. As if something was strange were happening to you. Like 2020 didn't take God by surprise. Shocked all of us. You know, we weren't we we focusing on this at the beginning of January last year. We were in the middle of a Seek God campaign. Remember that? We're just gonna seek God. I stood on the stage a year ago and I said, I have no idea what God wants to do in 2020. 2020 is a great year if you're a nonprofit organization to cast a great grand vision because it's the 2020 vision for God to do something. And I stood right here and I said, I have no clue what God wants to do. So here's what we are gonna do as a community of faith. We're just gonna seek God and ask God, God, what do you want to do and how? And did you know through that time of COVID that so many people were desperate, needed help? And when everything was closed, our doors were closed, church doors were closed, that God sent people to us and we were able to minister to them because of last year, because of our year in offering, we had what was left over to minister to the seek funds to help people and people who didn't have food and people who had trouble and people who were struggling because of your generosity, Because we got before God and said, God, what do you want us to do? And we sought after him. We didn't know this valley was coming. We didn't see that it was happening, but it did. And it should not surprise us. Hopefully from now on, valleys should not surprise you from what you hear from God's word today. Here's what's the other thing about valleys. They'll happen to everyone. No one's above or below a valley. No one's too good, no one's too bad. No one's too rich, no one's too poor. Valleys happen. They're impartial. It will happen to you. In fact, Matthew says in Matthew 5.45, it rains on the just and the unjust. It's coming your way. Whether you've been as good as you could possibly be, if you're bad as you could possibly be, it's all in between. Being good doesn't keep you from experiencing a valley. Doing the right things does not keep you from experiencing a valley in your life. They will happen and they will come to you. Psalms 34 says this, the righteous person faces many troubles. See, it doesn't matter. You're right. Righteous means I'm right with God. I'm doing everything that God wants me to do. And guess what? You still will face many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue you each time. Jesus echoes this. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome it. With me, I will help you get through this. So what you need to know about valleys is this. It's a part of life. It's happening. It happens to everyone, you're not alone. See that's what the Devil wants you to think. Well, nobody else goes through what you're going through. No one else is going through the marital problems you're going through. No one's going through the financial problems you're going through. No one's going through the emotional problems that you're going through. No one's got the kids problem that I have. So no one's going through what I'm going through. See that's what the Devil wants you to think. You're all alone. Valleys happen to everyone, even the righteous and the unrighteous. They happen. Here's something else about Valleys. They're unpredictable. Don't you wish you could schedule valleys in your today planner? Wouldn't that be amazing? Okay, God, if I have to go through valleys in my life and I'm gonna go through five valleys a year for the rest of my life, can I schedule them? Please don't leave me around the holidays, right? Don't be around my birthday. Like, let them have good days. Could you imagine if you could just schedule your valleys? They're unpredictable. Tomorrow may be the best, day of your life, tomorrow you could get one phone call and be the worst day of your life. It's unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. We want to control it, but we can't control it. That's why most of your anxieties are coming from. You're anxious because you're trying to play God and be God in your own hand, and you're trying to take control of whatever situation you're going through. You can't control the coronavirus. You can't make it go away. You're anxious about something that you cannot control. It's a virus. We try to control. you. you, 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 When when you find yourself being anxious, it's because you were trying to play God and control something that's completely out of your control. Because if you can control it, then change it. But what if you can't control it? What if it's out of your control and you got to trust that God will come through and stop trying to play God? I wish you could schedule this. In fact, Proverbs 27 says this don't brag about tomorrow. Why? Because you don't know what it will bring. You have no idea. If you why do well, do it tomorrow? You may not be here tomorrow, you're not promised tomorrow. Well, I'll ask them to forgive me tomorrow. I'll tell them that I love them tomorrow. I'll show up for their ball games tomorrow. I'll play with your kid kid tomorrow. I'll stop not coming home late after work tomorrow. And see, we keep putting these things off tomorrow, someday, someday, someday. And what happens, it robs you from today. And that day your thinking may never come. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. That's why you go home and love your wife and you love your kids and you tell people that you love them. and you always have, have a forgiving spirit around to forgive the people. Don't wait till someone gets on their deathbed to go tell them that you're sorry. Because you are not promised, they are not promised. No one is promised tomorrow. And that is one of the big schemes of the devil to make you put off tomorrow. Like, it's okay, someday you can invite them to church. Someday you can share your faith. Someday you can get baptized. Someday you'll get saved when you wanna get saved. Someday you'll start, listen, you are not promised tomorrow. That's why today is the day of salvation. You will have valleys in your life There will be high, There will be low, There will be unpredictable. It happens to everyone. You can't escape it. You can't run from it. I don't care if you stay at home in a bubble for the rest of your life. You will have valleys. And you will face valleys. There's a lot of valleys I could go in and guarantee that you will face. You'll have the, you'll have the valley of failure. You'll fail at something. You'll learn about it. You'll fail at You'll have the valley of fear. You'll be afraid of something. There'll be a valley of conflicts in your life. There'll be conflicts. There'll be a valley of dry times, a desert, a bearing season in your life where you just feel dry and you're like, ah, There'll be this valley of indecisiveness. You got a decision, a big decision to make and you don't know what to make and you're you're so tore up because you feel like you're in this valley because you don't know which way to go in your life. Listen, the life is full of these valleys. But here's some things I want you to remember. Here's what I want you to remember about valley as we think about Emmanuel, God with us. One of the things, if you're taking notes, I want you to remember is this, that I am not alone, that God is with me. Emmanuel, like God is with you. God is with me. And I don't know about you, but that should bring us peace. That should bring us comfort, knowing that God knows all things. God knew what would happen, and he still is with me. If you go to Psalms 23 and verse four, I want to just I wanted to walk verse by verse through this whole Psalms and and go through it again. It would take several weeks to do it, but I just real briefly want to just walk through verse four because this this is one of the most famous verses in Psalms 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can I just walk through this with you real quick? It says, even though I walk. Let me tell you something about the valley you're going through. You're gonna walk through it. You're not gonna run through it. You're not gonna sprint through it. Here's what I've learned about valleys in my own life they're a process. It's a process. And there's a process that you're gonna have to walk through in that valley. The good news is, you're walking. You're not sitting, you're not waiting, you're walking. You will have to walk through that valley. And I love this part. Not only do you walk, but look what else it says you walk through. Isn't that so good? You can't walk around the valley. And that'd be nice. There's a valley, stay away. You can't walk over the valley. You can't go under the valley. You gotta walk through it. You have to walk through it. And you know what that means? When you walk through it, it means it's temporary. It means it's gonna come to an end. And just, I don't know how long it may be, but there's gonna be a moment where that valley start, that plain starts turning to a hill. And you'll be walking back up the mountain. From my experience though, the most of our life is gonna be lived in the valley, in the plains, where you're battling for your family, for your faith, for people's souls to win them to Jesus. You're gonna be battling in the plain. And most of your life will probably be lived somewhere in the valley. But it's okay, you can walk through it, it's temporary. There will be the mountaintop. You will get back there, but then as soon as you get there, you're gonna be going back down because there's gonna be a valley. Why? Because that's life. That's life. And there's no escaping it. It means it's temporary. And then he says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow death, and what he's talking about here, obviously, is that this valley is gonna... gonna hit every one of us. Like someday, every single one of us will breathe our last breath. and that valley of death, we will come and we will face our Lord and Savior. For those of you who put your faith and trust in him, for those you who haven't, you'll go to a place waiting for God brings his final judgment at the end of the world. And so that moment is gonna come to everyone. You can't escape that valley. Last I saw, the statistics are, One out of one people die. It's gonna happen. That's the stat. The question is now, before it's too late, do you know him? That is a valley that every single one of us will walk through. But here's what I wanna draw attention to. Notice this. It's the valley of the shadow. Shadow. And as I read that, I want you to know, there will be shadows in your life. And a lot of times, if you know anything about shadows, shadows are often larger than the real thing. You ever notice that? Have you ever noticed how big shadows can be? Have you ever been afraid of a shadow? Remember as a kid and you see something, it's a shadow, you're afraid of the shadow? You didn't know what it was, something was moving? And a lot of times the shadow is bigger than the real thing. And because of that, you begin to fear the shadow. And you know what fear of shadow? is an image without any substance. And most things that you fear in your life is an image without no substance. It's not even the real thing. It's something the enemy wants to lie to you about to make you scared, to be afraid, and be anxious about. And these shadows are often larger than the real things. But here's what I learned about shadows. You ready for this? They can't hurt you. Shadows cannot hurt you. The darkness cannot hurt you. Come on, parents, we tell our kids this all the time. Hey, ain't gonna sleep, but it's darker there. There's nothing there. It's dark. Don't be afraid of the dark. But I'm scared, but there's nothing here. I know, but my brother's underneath the bed. He's gonna scare me. No, look, it's your toy, right? Because we're afraid of the dark. We're afraid of the shadow. And here's the thing. It's just the empty substance. There's no substance there. It's not the real thing. And as I read that, there's some neat things when it comes to shadows. Have you ever thought about this? Like right now, I can see my shadow on the stage. You can't see this, but I'm looking down and I'm seeing my own shadow right here. And this is to speak to you. Because wherever there is a shadow, there's light. There can be no shadow without light. And you know what the problem is? We focus on the shadow. We look down at the shadow. We are afraid of the shadow, an image that has no substance. And I wanna encourage you in the valley, instead of looking at the shadow, turn around and look at the light. He is the light of the world. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But the problem is we want to be look at the shadow. We're afraid of the shadow. We're scared of the shadow. But the shadow can't hurt me. So when you're in that valley and you're afraid of that shadow, when you look at that shadow, turn around and look at the light. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the hope of the world. Fix your thoughts on him. Place your eyes not on fear, but on your father who loves you. And so many of you right now, you're in this valley, you're walking through a valley, and you're afraid, and you're scared, you don't want to expect. Get your eyes off of the valley and the shadow and turn it to your Father, who loves you greatly, who knew exactly this would come into your life. And he wants you to know, as you keep reading this verse, not only do I walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not fear the shadow. Why? Why? What's the why behind this? How can I do this? Because you are with me. Because you are Emmanuel. Because the prophet Isaiah says that, God, you will come and you will be with us and amongst us and die for us. God, you sent your son Jesus and you called him Emmanuel because you want us to know in 2020 that Emmanuel is still with us that God, you're still with me. So if God is with me and God is with you, I can walk through any valley that comes my way. And I said this over and over and over and over and over. The better life is not the absence of pain. It is Emmanuel, God with us. It's his presence to walk with us through our pain. And you know, every one of us will face a valley, but you know what makes my life better when I'm in a valley? He's with me. That he is Emmanuel. I love what Isaiah 43, two says. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers, rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Some of us, we feel like we're drowning. And when you walk through fire of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. It's kind of been my go-to verse here for the last couple months. I actually focused on studying this message. It's really been brought to my attention as I study through that. Like this is really just speaking to me personally where I'm at, and I think as we are as a church because right now, our church, honestly, if you're visiting with us, you're new with us, if you're hanging out, watch us online, we are in a valley. We are walking through a valley as a church. This past week, we were notified that a civil lawsuit was filed against Better Life Church concerning the prior actions of our former youth pastor. We are extremely saddened by this. Extremely saddened by this. As a church, we hurt when other people hurt. When other people hurt. When you hurt, we hurt. When our community hurts, we hurt. When our world hurts, we hurt. We have always strived always to live above reproach and lead this community of faith with transparency because we believe that's those are essentials to having any successful ministry. We've always have been, we are now and we will always be committed to ministering to people in a safe and responsible way. We have zero tolerance for abuse. Zero tolerance for abuse. And we would never cover up or hide any kind of it. None of it. At this time, we've been advised by our legal counsel not to comment publicly on the allegations of this lawsuit because we don't want any of the statements that we make or any of the statements that I say from this stage to be misconstrued or unintentionally, unintentionally hurt anyone involved in this. So, as always, we will continue to pray for every single person involved in this situation and we will remain faithful in preaching the gospel. We will remain faithful in following Jesus. We will remain faithful and always doing the right thing. And so we are in a valley as a church. And I wanna encourage you, as you begin to pray for our community and for our world and for our leaders, to pray for us as a church, that we will walk through this and God knew that we would be talking about this this season. God knew that I would be preaching this right now. God knew that this week would be the week that we get the notice that this happened. He knew that right now and knew that I would be talking right now about going through valleys. Is You would say, well, that's just coincidence. No, that's God. And you know what gives me encouragement and faith? is when these things line up, when they shouldn't have lined up, when this happens, when, when this message that God wants to speak, and you think I'm preaching that to you, but I'm preaching to myself. I texted our elders last night, I said, I want you to know what I'm preaching More, I believe every word of it. I believe every word of it. That God knew this, God's with us, God will help us. This doesn't take God by surprise. God's not sitting going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. None of that. Like he is the God of the mountains and he is still God in the valley. He has always been in control up here at highs. He will be in control at the lowest parts. And all we have to do is get our eyes off the shadow and keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And he's the one who fights our battles. He's the one says, I will go ahead of you. And you're saying, well, what are you doing? I have turned it all over to him because why? It's out of our control. He is the one who will fight this battle. He is the one who will go ahead. And he is the one who will protect his church. He is the one that's in control. And so I wanna close with this, that when you're in the valley Remember that you're not alone, that God is with you, and that God is with us. And the second thing I want you to remember is this, and this is the hard one for most people to grasp, is that God has a purpose for the valley. See, this is the hardest one to grasp. You go through losing your job, you go through someone walking out on you. You go through a kid gone wayward. You go through people talk about you. You go through the coronavirus things that we've gone through. We've gone through a divided political battle in our country, in our world. We go through valleys after valleys after valleys after valleys. I'm here to tell you that God's valleys always have a purpose. And though you don't see it, and though you don't recognize it, and due time, you will. And I will go as far as saying that not only is there a purpose, there is a good purpose. That God works all things for His goodness and for His glory. And I know you have been there and I have been there and we stand back and we say, how in the world can God get glory through blank and you fill in the blank whatever's happened to you in your life? And when you have lived long enough, you will look back. And as I said in Jonah, in our last series, the worst case scenario may be exactly what you needed. I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. I can't do it on my own. Where am I to run? for the light. You focus your eyes on Jesus. He's the only one who knows all things. He's the only one who can carry us through all things. So we will keep our eyes on Jesus. Listen to what Paul writes in Romans 5. We can rejoice. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Like, what, Paul? Who rejoices over valleys? We can rejoice. For we know. What? There's a purpose. That will help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence of hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. It won't last forever. Valleys are inevitable. They are unpredictable. It rains on the just and the unjust. You can do everything right in your life, and you still will not avoid a valley. It's coming your way. Some big, some small. But at the end of the day, he is still God of the valleys. And we just have to believe that. You know, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops. But it's in the valley where you really get to know him. It's in the valley when all you have is him. And there's where you will get to know Him intimately, personally, and what God does in that valley with you personally, one day God will use that publicly to advance His kingdom and to continue to spread the good news all over the world. I'm gonna ask if you would just to bow your heads. What value are you going through right now? You know what it is that you don't tell nobody, you don't talk about it to nobody, but you know that struggle. Could be the marital issues, financial issues, could be the health issues, work-related issues, emotional issues, addiction issues. Like what valley are you in right now and whether you're watching this online or you're in person god in his sovereignty placed you right here right now now to hear this that he is with you in the valley and though you feel scared though you feel all alone though you are afraid He goes on and says, but it's your rod and your staff that comforts me. I didn't have time to get into all that, but let me tell you this, he's with you and he will comfort you. He rescues those who is his children. And in his time, he will rescue you. You just keep your eyes on him. I know you can't see the end of it, I know you feel like giving up. I know you want to throw the towel in, but keep walking. You have to walk through it. And with Jesus, you will get through it. Don't go in the future. You're not promised tomorrow. You walk today as best as you know how today. You live today. You be a dad today. You be a mom today. You be a friend today. You follow Jesus today. You love people today. You forgive people today. You invite people today. You share your faith today. It's all you have. And you live one day at a time. Because when you're in a valley, sometimes it's one moment at a time, one minute at a time, one breath if you're struggling with anxiety at a time just one moment at a time small steps big victory the lord is my shepherd but here's the reality you have to choose him to be your shepherd and do you choose him you can read that verse you can quote that verse but do you believe that verse The only way that God becomes your shepherd is you invite him into your life, that you believe that he sent Emmanuel, he sent himself, God in the flesh, for you and for me. And to receive him is a point, you come to your life, you say, Jesus, I believe, I believe you came for me, I believe you died for me, and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. See, Jesus was born, but he was born to die. You can't celebrate Christmas without thinking about the cross. You can't celebrate Christmas without going to Easter because the reason why he was born was to die for you and for me. So will you receive that? And if that's you, right where you said or watching online, cry out to him right now and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got out of the grave for me. And today I repent of my sin and I put my faith in you. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. And thank you that no matter what I face, that you are with me. Father, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, personally, this thank you for allowing it to speak to my heart even as I preach it. The Lord, even as I preach to myself, as you, your word says to encourage and build ourself up in the faith which is building our faith up in your word. Father, we trust you. As we walk through this valley, you're with us. As we fight battles, you go ahead of us. And that you're in complete control. And as the great preacher Charles Spurgeon said, even though when we can't trace your hand, even though we don't know what you're doing, even though when we can't trace your hand, we can trust your heart. And Father, we trust you. And we yield to you. We truly believe the best is yet to come. We truly believe that thousands and thousands of more people in this region are going to come to faith in your son. And we will continue to ask God to use us to be a beacon, to be a light, to be a blessing, to be generous through our region to continue to advance the good news that you're with us, that you are Emmanuel. We love you, Jesus. For it's your name we ask and we pray. And everybody say, it. amen.